Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If I knew I couldn't fail, what would I do for God? Man, I got some great things I'd love to do for God, but I come from a dysfunctional home and, and I would fail every time. I just don't have it in me. My, the genes that were given to me, other people can make it in life. I'm always going to be a loser. That is not the picture God gives us. I'm a winner through God. Always a winner. And so you need to realize this morning, quit using your lousy upbringing as an excuse in your adult life. There is a popular book going around the past few years called The Prayer of Jabez. Some people look at this prayer as a get-rich-quick prayer. Anything that encourages people to pray to the God of the Bible is probably a good thing. Pastor Mark will give us understanding into this prayer that was prayed by an obscure character of the Bible. He reminds us that this is just one of the many prayers in the Bible. He warns us that we should not adopt this prayer as a formula to get rich, but rather as a prayer to challenge us to live in the power and protection of God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, verse 9, with part one of our message entitled, Proverbs and the Prayer of Jabez. Turn in your Bibles. We're going to be in two areas, basically. Start in 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, Old Testament, before the book of Proverbs. Then we'll be back in the book of Proverbs. If you've been breathing at all, you've probably heard of a little book called The Prayer of Jabez. This little book has sold 4.1 million copies. It is the number one book last week, week before last, excuse me, on the USA Today bestsellers list and the New York Times of all books, not just religious, all books. Now with that comes some great confusion. Some of the confusion naturally is in the Today newspaper. Are we surprised? Here's what the article last Saturday said in our paper about this book. This book, which likens prayer to a stockbroker asking for a huge portfolio, suggests God is just waiting to, be, to bestow exponentially expanded blessings to just about anyone willing to put in their request. So this article, basically, by... I won't even mention his name, I don't want to get in trouble, says that the prayer of Jabez is about us being selfish and getting what we want. Now interesting, the New York Times had a little better look at it, and it says this, the prayer of Jabez offers a new view 
of the prosperity gospel. Now, you know what the prosperity, well, some of you probably don't, but back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, we had this prosperity gospel that was from hell. And what it said was, if you're a Christian, you can have whatever you want. God's just up there, pull his strings. You want a Cadillac, you want a yacht, you want, you just ask him, he'll give it to you. Now, if you don't have it, you have no faith, and you really don't have a relationship with God. And of course, we went through all of that. Many people mistakenly are saying that that is what this is about. That is not what this book is about. Now, you can take it like that if you don't understand the scripture. And that's why I, in my spirit, when I saw that last week and I knew we were in Proverbs and I knew we were, we've already done a thing on the prayer of Jabez, I want to try to balance that this morning. Get this in your mind, then I'm going to ask you a question. Christianity is not about things. Christianity is about one thing, a personal relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. You have a Heavenly Father. Much of the world doesn't know Him. That's what it's about. That's what prayer is about. Us being able to communicate on this level to the Creator of the universe from our heart. And to do that, God's given us His Word. He's given us prayer. And he's, as the prayer of Jabez will be as we go through it this morning, and he's given us his Holy Spirit to rightly divide the Word of God. Now, we shouldn't be surprised when people read that book and get it wrong. And again, I can't make this as a definite statement, but probably the writer of that article doesn't know God personally. So he doesn't understand where this comes from. The problem is this, and get it closely this morning. Much of the religious world doesn't get it. Most of the people that make this book wrong are Christians who don't get it. They've got the wrong concept of our Heavenly Father. Let me ask you a question. I want you to think about it all the way through our teaching this morning. If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you attempt for God? If you knew you absolutely couldn't fail, what would you attempt? God. That's what the prayer of Jabez is about. Let's turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. This is one, and make sure you understand this. Say this, this is only one great prayer. Say this, it's only one great prayer. There's many wonderful prayers in the Bible. This is not a mantra. This is not a magical formula. This is a great prayer. In the middle of all these names people we can't pronounce and know nothing about, God stops with one little guy. He says this, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. The word Jabez in the Hebrew means pain or causes pain. Why did his mother name him that? By the way, before he was born. Now, most of our parents would name us that after we're born. He is really a pain. But this is before. Well, we really don't know. Probably, maybe could have been a breech birth, could have been a problem, a nine-month pregnancy that was a very difficult time. Maybe Jabez's father left while she was pregnant. We don't know what it is. Whatever reason, Jabez had a label that you and I wouldn't say, first thing I'd want to know is, here comes pain down the street. You wouldn't want that name, but he had it. Now, he came from a home... Already, we would say in today's society, because it's a pretty popular term, he came from a dysfunctional home. There was pain in the home. But look what happens. 
verse 9, at the beginning of it, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. You see, what happened in life was this. Even though Jabez entered in and his younger kids' brothers would say to him, Hey, there's the pain in the house. As he grew, God changed his life. God reversed his life. He he took him from a guy that was known as pain, and now the word honorable there in the Hebrew really means this, a man of integrity. He became more honorable. He had a great reputation. You see what that simply means is this. Take yourself wherever you are this morning. Go back in your life. Every single one of us have come from dysfunctional homes. Because our homes are filled with sin. We just come from weird people. If you don't think so, just look at your neighbor. Look, look at them. We're just dysfunctional, weird people. And there isn't any normal home. There's no such thing as normal. We're all weirdos. We have sin. We have mistakes. We have pimples. We have all of those things. And even I mentioned bad breath this morning. We, we have all of those things. We, we just come from a dysfunctional. But Jabez overcame that start. And in life, he became... A person with integrity. One of the greatest excuses that people make in their life is this. Pastor Mark, I can, you know, the question you just asked me, if I knew I couldn't fail, what would I do for God? Man, I got some great things I'd love to do for God, but I come from a dysfunctional home and, and I would fail every time. I just don't have it in me. My, the genes that were given to me, other people can make it in life. I'm always going to be a loser. That is not the picture God gives us. I'm a winner through God. Always a winner. And so you need to realize this morning, quit using your lousy upbringing as an excuse in your adult life. God took him and reversed whatever it is. God can reverse your curse this morning of sin. That's what salvation is. So wherever you're at, you say, well, I don't have the education and I lost my last job because of this and whatever. Forget it. Start today. Now, in that formula is not just you, it's God. That is the answer to our problem. It's God. God changed Jabez from a man who was known as pain to a man that was full of integrity. Now we come to a little four-part prayer that's the cause of this book. It's in the Bible, and it's a great prayer. Let's read it. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. He cried out. He prayed. Now, the reason Jabez prayed is because of two things. He believed God would hear his prayer, and he believed God would answer. Let me ask you this morning, do we? Do do we believe those two things? That when we pray, at the end of this whole service this morning, I'm going to pray the prayer of Jabez over you. Do you believe God will hear our prayer? Do you believe that God will answer? Do you believe that the question I asked you earlier on, if you could do anything and knew you wouldn't fail, if you start on that, do you believe God would hear your heart? Jabez did. That's why he prayed. So he cried out to God and he said this, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain or not cause pain. And God granted his request. Here's the four keys, and I encourage you to run down. Plus, after you get done with this teaching this morning, after you do, I encourage you to pick a tape, and I want you to hand this out to somebody this week. Many people have heard about this book. I was in the airport flying back from California, 
And as I was there, a lady next to me was reading the book. And I said, great book. She said, well, I don't know. I just started reading it, but I heard so much about it. I wanted to find out about it. She's a pastor's wife. I mean, it's everywhere. So just get your tape. Listen, here's the first one. Oh, that you would bless me. In other words, enjoy God's goodness. Jabez knew that the blessing of God needed to come into his life so that he could take his life and be a blessing to others. Remember, our whole existence this morning is for one reason. Why were you and I created? Two reasons. Number one, to bless God. And number two, to bless others. And when God came to Abraham early at the start of the, of the nation of Israel, before it was there, God said to Abraham back in Genesis, he says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Massive number of people. For what reason? So you can bless the whole world. That was the whole purpose for the nation of Israel. They blew it. God set them on the sideline. He'll pick them up during the revelation times. Who's to bless the people today? The Christian church. Jews that have become Christians. We're to bless people. That's God's whole purpose. So Jabez prays this out. And let me write this down for you so you'll get it. There is nothing wrong with praying for God to bless you if it is for the purpose of being a blessing to others. That's the part you got to get. The whole purpose of asking God to bless us is so that I can be a blessing to other people. And when you get that, some of us struggle with this. Well, what is God's character? Do you know this morning that most people in our world don't have a good image of God? And they don't understand God. When I was in the flight coming back just with my wife just a couple of weeks ago when we were speaking in Scotland and England, you remember that one of the stewardesses stopped me and we started witnessing to her and then I had to go to the back of the plane and she got the other stewardesses around me and we had a little Bible study. Well, one of the stewardesses was a Christian. And she says, I've been hearing about this book of Jabez. Why do I need to pray that prayer? I'm a Christian. Won't God bless me without praying that prayer? What answer would I give her? What does the Bible say? It's God's character to bless his children. Will God bless you without praying the prayer? Yes. But does God want us to pray? Yes. Is it because really to get blessings? No. It's for one reason. Personal relationship with God. Notice in the Bible, and you see it all over the place, the Lord's Prayer starts with, give us this day our... Are we to pray that? Well, sure we Is God going to give it to us anyway? Yes, because his nature is to what? Bless us. Second, the book of James says, you have not because you... So we are to pray. Also, Jesus and Matthew said, ask, seek, and knock. So, yes, I am to pray to God. If I miss a part, will he bless me? Without a doubt. That's his nature. Now, God loves to give good gifts to us. If the Bible says every good and perfect gift has come from God above. Now, look at verse 10, and I want you to see something right after he says this. Oh, that you would bless me. Notice right after that, there's not a blank. And Jabez doesn't insert his Christmas list. He doesn't insert the list that we give to God every morning. Hey, God, bless me today. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven. Thanks, God. That's all the time I got. Bye. Notice this. Listen to what Bruce Wilkinson says in his book. 
Notice the radical aspect of Jabez's request for blessing. He left it, the blessing, entirely up to God to decide what the blessing would be, where, when, and how Jabez would receive those blessings. See, when Jabez prayed, this is not a selfish, ego-centric kind of prayer. This is where the world goes wrong. This is where the religious world goes wrong. This is where the newspaper article went wrong. You can pray as a stockbroker. This is what I want, a billion dollars. This is not what this prayer is about. When Jabez prayed, his whole prayer was on the will of God for his life. God, you bless me, and and I just trust you with whatever you're going to bring in my life. Now, turn, keep your finger there and put a little notebook and a little spot there in Chronicles. We're going to be most of the time back in the book of Proverbs because that's what we're studying, the book of Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16. You see, when you and I think about God and think about that he's a good God, the part you want to put in there is that God knows you and he knows me this morning as an individual. That means he has some specific things, Ephesians 2.10 says, From the foundation of the world, he already planned my life in the good things he wants to do in it. Well, look at Proverbs 16, 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. You want to go back to the beginning of that and circle that word commit. In other words, turn it over to God. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. God has a customized design plan For each of us. There really isn't one person in this room this morning that has a same plan. It's unique from God. God's created you. He's created me unique. And he has a plan for my life. So when Jabez prays his prayer, he doesn't tack on his whole list. Now, there's nothing wrong with giving some things to God in a list. As long as the outcome we know is this. We're doing it to bless others. Because... God says also in the book of Psalms, he'll give us the desires of our heart. He knows the desires of my heart. But really, if you're a Christian, the desire of your heart, first of all, is to bless God and second, to bless others. In the meantime, you get blessed. That's where we get it turned around. So God knows what he wants to do with my life as well as yours so that I will bring blessing to others. Look down at same chapter. Look down at verse 9. The wisdom of Solomon says this. In his heart, a man plans his course or his days, daily planner. But the Lord determines his steps. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means this. It is biblical to plan your life. It is biblical to have a plan. You need to have plans in concert with God. The book of James says, why are you planning away out in the future? You might not even make it till tomorrow. But also the book of Matthew says, if you're going to build a tower, you're going to sit down and plan it out. So some people think, well, I want to pray this prayer. God bless me, then I might bless others. Could Put something in front of me. Here we go. No, plan your day. Well, I'm just waiting for God to speak to me whether I should go to work today or not. <laughs> Let me give you a little clue. Go to work. That's God's plan. If you don't work, you don't. Now I know you're going to go to work. 
So it's not that kind of a deal. But what it means is simply this. When we pray and we say, God, here's kind of the things we've orchestrated. That's what we're doing as we're getting ready to the next phase of this building. We've got all kinds of options that are going out out there. And we're praying, okay, God, man, we're here quicker than we thought. We don't know why we have to plan now. But it's up to you. Give us some wisdom. We don't know what's going to happen two and two and a half years. We don't know exactly how to put, take that sanctuary and where to put it. We don't know what's going to happen with the Christian school over here. Should we build three or five story? What should we do? What is your plan? Now, we're going to have to make some initial plans. We can't just go out there and go, well, somebody, everybody just start digging. We'll see what happens. So, so we have to make some plans. But in that, put down by that verse, remain flexible. Because God often will change our steps. That's what the verse means. That when I've made it, God will come in and go, mm-mm, we're going another direction. Remember Paul, New Testament? I'd like to go over to this area. God said, that's fine, we're not going there. Now, there's nothing wrong going there. It wasn't God's timing. So in all of our lives, that's involved. So when we pray, and you say, well, can I pray that kind of prayer? God, you bless me, but I'm going to leave how you bless me and how, how you use me. Do you trust God enough to leave that to him? You ought to because God's plan for you is good. Do you know that God may send me a big trial as a blessing to me? Paul was sitting one day. He'd been praying for God to bless him. You know where he ended up? Prison. Chained to the guards. Do you know what he writes? Don't ever pray for God to bless you. Miserable place. No, that's not what he wrote. What he wrote was this. To his young disciples, God has me here. I'm going through some tough times, but the gospel is being advanced. So God can use a trial in my life to be a blessing to me. Also, that grew Paul spiritually. You say, I don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear it either. But the Bible teaches it. So that's the balance we're talking about this morning. Now, with all of that, you need to understand simply this. Pray and discover God's plan for your life. How do you do that? It's on a daily basis. It will be awesome. God's plan for you is better than any plan you'll ever devise yourself. I have no fear of asking God to bless me. You see, one of the greatest dangers, and this weekend the elders were away and we were... We spent part of our time fasting and praying for direction, for the vision of this fellowship as he continues to do that. And one of the things I shared with the elders was this statement. Listen to it carefully. One of the greatest dangers is the believer's reluctance to put aside their own agenda so they can see what God is doing and join him. You see, the reason I would say to God... I don't want to pray this prayer that you would bless me and then leave it to you is because I don't trust God with my life. Now, what a foolish thing. Pastor Mark asked us at the beginning of today's message, if I could not fail, what would I attempt for God? Wow, what a great question. This is what Jabez prayed to God in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. He asked God to enlarge his territory so he could make a difference for God. He didn't ask God for money or material possessions. He was a righteous man that wanted others to know about God. So what about you? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will continue to explore the prayer of Jabez. This is only one of the great prayers we find in the Bible, but it's one that we should stop and learn about more. Pastor Mark will show us that there's nothing wrong with asking God to bless us if the reason is so that you will be a blessing to others and show them God's love. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for